Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Good evening, good evening, everybody. One more time, good evening, everybody. There we go. There we go. It's good to see y'all here tonight. <laughs> it's good to see y'all here tonight. And uh, just taking time out of your, you know, your busy schedules uh, to join us uh, here at church and to hear, uh, hopefully hear something from the Father. <laughs> no, I know God is going to say something tonight. Um, but I'm glad that you guys are here. And tonight uh, we're going to talk, finish our series um, or, compl- or continue our series on finishing strong. If you don't have notes, uh, we're out of paper notes. So I encourage you, uh, Pastor Cody already mentioned it, to get our app. And on our app, you have the opportunity to look at the live notes. So everything that you'll see on that paper, you can have on your phone. And then the good thing is, and I was kind of zoning out, so if Pastor Cody mentioned this already, it's no uh, problem hearing it twice. But uh, the good thing is, is you can fill those notes out and you can email it to yourself. Um, and you're able to look at it over and over and over again and meditate on it. Amen? Uh, so take advantage of that. Before we get started, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you that life throws some shots at us. It throws some unexpected shots, some unexpected blows, things that we're often not prepared for. But God, we thank you that you are giving us endurance to, with, to stand when those blows come our way, to keep running, though we may fall, to get back up and keep on running. You're gonna help us tonight, Father, to keep our eyes focused on you and to have the same endurance that Jesus had. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Anybody ever ran a 5K, 10K race? God bless you. Listen, I, you know, I ran cross country back in high school, but I cannot stand running. I run just enough to say that I ran, and that's it. When I go to, I, I work out and, you know, um, I go to the gym at least three times a week, um, and I've been doing it solid for a year now, you know, and I'm really, you know, pumped about that. But I'll run a mile, and that's it. I'm done. You know, if people like uh, Pastor Cody, Pastor Cody will run 17 and a half miles. And I struggle running 17 and a half minutes. But you don't just, you know, for a 5K, if you ever ran a 5K or a 10K, you know, you don't just get up off your couch one day and say, you know what? I think tomorrow I'm going to run a 5K. You can, but they're going to need EMT to come and scrape you up off the concrete because it's over for you. You're not going to make it. You know, it's your cramps and your calves and your, your thighs. You're going to be feeling like your lungs are falling out of your chest. I mean, the whole nine. You have to prepare. You've got to build up your endurance to be able to run that kind of race. It's not something that you just get out and just run. You've got to be prepared. Say preparation. You've got to be prepared to run a 5K race. Now, you know, I just mentioned that Pastor Cody likes, he loves to run but I'm not going to go and run with him. I'm just not going to do it. I'll watch him. 
you know, I'll drop him off and then I'll go and pick him up at the end <laughs> with some Starbucks. <laughs> but on the reverse, Pastor Cody's not going to come to the gym with me. <laughs> he runs his race and I run mine. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about finishing strong. And running a race requires endurance. The, the, the race of this Christian life that we are living, we, you may have heard this before, and if you haven't, this is your first time hearing it, listen, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's not something that you just, you know, the, the, the gun goes off and poof, you're just out and you're quick and you're done in 10 seconds. No, it's a lifelong race. It's a marathon. So we're talking about finishing strong and how many of you know that there's a difference between finishing and finishing strong? There's one thing to finish, but there's another thing to finish strong. And this whole series, you know, uh, and everyone will have their own different spin on it perspective, but my perspective on this, this entire series that we're preaching on finishing strong is, listen, we know that you're going to finish the race. You're in it. You're going to finish the race. But listen, we want to help you. We want to encourage you. We want to give you the strength to finish strong. Listen, I don't want to finish last. I at least want to come in the top five. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm going to come number one, but I at least want to be in the top five. I want to place. But we want to encourage you not to just finish, but to finish strong. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. Our scripture for tonight, verse one through three. Chapter one in the NIV says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance or endurance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse three, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We can learn a lot from this passage here. We can learn a lot about endurance, and we're going to look at what that means. Endurance uh, defined, and this is out of the dictionary, the first one says, and this is in your notes, the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. Look at the second one. The capacity of something to last or to withstand wear and tear. Now, have you ever turned in a car? or bought a used car or something or, or turn in some kind of product or whatever and it, it, there's a tagline that'll say normal wear and tear. There's no such thing as normal wear and tear. I can't stand that. It's like normal wear and tear, please. This thing is about to fall apart. It's not normal wear and tear. Your normal and my normal is completely different. But it says normal wear and tear. But normal wear and tear or wear and tear is not something that happens instantly. It's something that happens over a period of time. And that definition of endurance says it's the capacity of something to last or to withstand over a long period of time. Endurance. 
Look at the third verse or third uh, definition. Denoting or relating to a race or other sporting event that takes place over a long distance or otherwise demands great physical stamina. It demands great physical stamina because it's something that takes place over a long period of time. Like I said in the beginning, you don't just get up and run a 5K race. You've got to build up some stamina. You've got to build up some endurance. You've got to be prepared and ready for the race that's before you. We're going to talk a little bit more about preparation here, but this last one is actually my definition. You see the DM definition? That's, that's me. That's, that's my definition. And I like it. It says, of course I like it, but it says the ability to hang on when it would have been easier to let go. That's endurance. It's the ability to hang on when it would have been easier to just let go. You're having problems in your marriage. It's easy to just say, you know what? I quit. I'm done. I'm out of here. It's over. It's easy to do that. But it takes some stamina. It takes some endurance to hold on and say, I don't care how many blows I take. We're going to get through this. I got cramps in my legs and in my calves. My feet are hurting, but we're going to get through this race. The ability to hang on when it would have been easier just to let go. So let's look at some keys to having endurance. And we see these keys in uh, this scripture or this um, passage of scripture here in Hebrews chapter 12. And the first one, number one, consider the saints. And if you don't know what saints are, Saints are simply people that accepted Jesus. That's what, a, that's what a saint is. If you've accepted Jesus and you are no longer going to hell, but you're going to heaven, you're a saint. That's what that, that, that means. But consider the saints. Look at Hebrews 12 and 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And the writer here is, is referring to um, Hebrews chapter 11. And if you have a chance, go back and read Hebrews chapter 11. We call, that, we call those the, the, uh, the heroes of faith. Those are, you you see some amazing things happening in Hebrews chapter 11. And what the writer is telling us here, listen, those, uh, those heroes of faith are surrounding you. And it doesn't mean that they're, they're just standing, you know, watching your race, but it says that they are proof to the faithfulness of God. A cloud of witnesses, they are witnesses to the fact that Jesus, or that the Father is reliable. That he's dependable. You can look at the life of Moses, or you can look at Noah, or you can look at David, or you can look at Paul and Peter, and you can look at all of those different people, in, in, and you'll see in the Hebrews chapter 11, and you can see that if God was faithful to them, the writer is saying, listen, he's also going to be faithful to you. You're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And not only are they just, they, they, they there, there, are they there to, to bring proof that God is faithful, but they're also there to cheer you on. Because when you read Hebrews chapter 11 and you see some of the things that they endured in their life, yet they finished their race, it's encouragement that if they can make it through that, 
then I know I can make it through this thing that I'm going through. Paul in uh, 2 Timothy chapter four, I love that part. He says that, he says, I fought the good fight. I finished my race, my course. I have kept the faith. So let's look at three truths about these witnesses that can give us encouragement as we continue to run on our race. Letter A, listen, they ran their race. They ran their race, and number one, it wasn't a perfect race, but they ran. God doesn't expect you to be perfect. God doesn't expect you to dot every I and cross every T, but he expects you to keep running. He doesn't expect that you're going to be without mistakes or without fault that, you know, because he knows that it's impossible. The reason that you can see that he knows that it was impossible because he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus because he knew that it was impossible for you to be without mistake. It was impossible for you to, to not fall. It was impossible for you to be infallible. Listen, so he sent Jesus because he knew that you couldn't be perfect. It was impossible for you to be perfect. And he doesn't expect you to be perfect. Because listen, as long as you're running this race, this may sound weird coming from, from me, but as long as you're running this race, you're gonna fall. As long as you're running this race, you're going to make a mistake. At some point in time, listen, you are going to sin. It's impossible for you to live your life without making a mistake and God knows it and he doesn't expect it. So free yourself. Free yourself. Free yourself from a standard that you're not able to meet. And then let me take a step further. Free other people from a standard that you're not able to keep yourself. So often we try to hold people to standards that we can't even meet ourselves. Free yourself and free other people. So it wasn't a perfect race, but they ran. But as long as you, as long as you keep running, that's the only thing that God is concerned about. Because as you're running along this race, listen, there's gonna be an obstacle in your path that you might trip over and you may fall. There's gonna be somebody that's running right alongside of you and they're gonna stick their foot out and you may trip and you may fall. And listen, there may be, even be a time in your race that you may even trip yourself. But get up, dust yourself off. If you gotta scrape a little boo-boo on your knee, put a Band-Aid on it and keep running. So they ran their race, and then they stand as, number two, an encouragement and a challenge to us. Because if they can run their race, so can you. If they can live for God and serve him, then so can you. They're not anybody special. They're normal, regular people just like you and I. 
Now, some of you may find this hard to believe. My wife doesn't. But I make mistakes all the time. My wife would tell you I probably made a mistake as we were driving to church this evening. Say something I didn't need to say. No, actually, we were quiet. We were quiet all the way here. So they ran their race, and then look at letter B. They received their reward. Matthew 25 through 23. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. God doesn't expect you. He didn't say, well done, my faultless servant. He didn't say, well done, my mistakeless servant. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because in that word faithful, there's a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of sin. There's a lot of shortcomings. There's a lot of weaknesses. But we're all working for our well done, good and faithful servant. And I love how, and Paul wrote this, He wrote it in, uh, I can't remember exactly what, it was in one of his writings, of course. He says, now unto him, he was referring to Jesus, now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the Father. He, He presents us faultless. So when the Father looks at you, he doesn't see the fact that you said seven times before that I was giving up cigarettes and I picked it up again. He doesn't see the fact that you said I was done drinking alcohol and I've I've actually been clean for a good six months and then I made a mistake and I slipped and I picked up the bottle again. He doesn't see the fact that you may have stepped out on your wife. All he sees, or on your spouse, all he sees is the blood of Jesus. It got real quiet there. Because can I tell you, that's not popular teaching today. It's not popular teaching. Because a lot of people expect you to live up to this standard that you're not able to meet. And they say that you have to live this way, you've gotta give up this thing, you've gotta stop doing this, you gotta start doing that in order for God to love you, in order for God to bless you, in order for God to forgive you, when it's absolutely wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are new. Listen, everything that you've done, Jesus doesn't even remember anymore. Because when he presents you to the Father, the Father can't see that. The only thing that he sees is the blood. So he remembers nothing that you've done. It had nothing to do with my message. Think on this. When our race is over, we will go to be with him where we too will receive the rewards earned during the course of our race here on earth. And I already read 2 Timothy 4 and 7, so I'll skip over that and go to C. They revealed the reliability of God. Those witnesses revealed the reliability of God. Number one, this is the greatest encouragement we can receive from them. That God is reliable, God is faithful, God is dependable. And they are witnesses to the faithfulness of God. Remember this, they ran their race and so can you. Listen, he was with them. Just as he was with Moses, 
just as he was with Abraham, just as he was with Jacob and Isaac and David, just as he was with Jesus. Listen, the Father is with you. You're not running your race by yourself. I know it may feel like it sometimes, but you're not running this race alone. So the first thing we consider is we consider the saints. The second thing we consider ourselves. Consider self. In the second uh, part of verse one through verse three in Hebrews 12, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Underline that. Marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So the first thing we do in considering ourselves is prepare, letter A, prepare. You've gotta prepare for this race. I said it again, if you don't get up off the couch and run a 5K, you have to prepare. There's certain things that you have to do. There's a certain diet that you have to have. There's a training regimen that you have to have. You have to prepare. So how do we prepare for this race, this Christian race that we're running? Listen, the word of God. It's our instructions. It's how we prepare. We find out how we're supposed to run this race. We find out how we're supposed to live this life. The word of God and prayer helps us to prepare for the race of life. Think on this. We will never finish strong if we are unwilling to make the preparations and sacrifices necessary for running the race. If you're not willing to make the preparations and make the sacrifices You're not going to win the race. You're going to quit. You're going to give up. It's inevitable. First thing we do in preparation is we lay aside all weights and sins. Lay aside all weights and sins. So what are weights? On your next point there in your notes, weights are things that hinder our walk with God and slow us down in our Christian race. I said earlier that I used to run cross country in high school. And one of the things that our coach uh, would do is he would make us put ankle weights on. Uh, And that was how we would train. We would put ankle weights on and then we would run. And we had a certain pace, a certain time that we had to beat. And we would have to run, try to beat that time with those ankle weights. And that's hard. You got five, 10 pound weights on your ankles and you're still trying to keep up a pace when you don't have ankle weights on. But understanding that it was just preparing us for the race so that when we took those ankle weights off, it just, we just, our legs felt so much lighter. We were able to go a little bit faster than we were without or before we, we trained. We prepared for that. So imagine running your life, your Christian life with weights, things that hinder you. What's a weight? Anger. What's a weight? Unforgiveness. Those are weights that hinder you. That it, doesn't, it doesn't keep you from finishing the race, but it slows you down. B, there are sins that do not tempt you at all, but there are others that are a constant source of temptation. You know what, what tempts you and you know what doesn't. And for those things that tempt you, listen, and those weights, see, it must be stripped off and avoided at all costs. If you're going to finish strong, you've got to strip off those weights. You've got to strip off those things that are easily entangling you. 
So we prepare. And then B, we run with patience. Run with patience. Number one, we each have our own race to run. That's why I had you underline that part. The race marked out for us individually. We have our own race to run. Our course has been individually designed. Listen, my race is not gonna be your race, Ken. It can't be. My race is not Pastor Don's race. And, and let me tell you, I'm the son of a senior pastor, and I know that the race of a senior pastor is not something you wanna fool with. It's not an easy thing. So I don't wanna run his race. <laughs> I'm fine running my race. But if you don't know the race that a senior pastor runs, if you don't know the things that a senior pastor uh, uh, deals with in their race, imagine the things that you deal, in your, deal with in your race. Listen, that's why we, don't, we, work on, we worry about the race that's marked out for us. I can't worry about Pastor Don's race. He's worrying about his race. I have to worry about my race. Because here's what happens. When I'm running my race and I look to see Pastor Don running his race, now I'm distracted from my goal. And more than likely, I'm going to trip and I'm going to fall because I'm not focusing on myself, on my own race. Here's the other thing. Listen, your race may be a little slower than mine, and that's okay. We're all going to finish the race. You don't have to run as fast as I run. Listen, I've been training. I've been running for years and years and years. You may have just started running, but it's okay as long as you finish the race. Our pace may be different, but we're on the same team. Look at the next point. We're not in competition. We're on the same team. One of the things that I learned about cross country is it didn't matter who finished first because it was a team event. So the person who finished first, you, you get a point based on your position. So if you finish first, you got one point. You finish second, you got two points. You finish third, you got three points, so on and so forth. And at the end, they tally all of the points up for all the teams involved and the team with the lowest amount of points is the one that wins. So just because you ran your race and you were fast and you finished first, your team could lose. We're not in competition. We're all running our race. I may lead 10 people to Christ and you may only lead one, but it's okay because we've got 11 that are going to heaven. Don't try to match my pace. Just run your race. Look at number three. Put stars by that. Some progress is better than no progress. Don't get discouraged by little signs of progress because some progress is better than no progress. Think on this. The key word in the life of a believer is not perfection, but progression. The key word in the life of a believer is not perfection, but progression. We're not seeking perfection. We're just seeking to keep progressing, keep growing. And then letter C, guard your priorities. Number one, keep Jesus as your focal point. 
Remember this, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, we lessen our chances of being overcome by distraction and defeat. Jesus is standing at the finish line. Keep your eyes on him. Don't worry about the person running next to you, to your left, to your right, the, peop- the person that may be coming up on, on behind you, the person that's ahead of you. Don't worry about them. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and run your race. So consider the saints, consider self, and then lastly, and most importantly, consider the Savior. In Hebrews 12, at the end of verse two, end of verse three, it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So the first thing you need to consider about the Savior is you need to consider his race, letter A. Consider his race. His race was a race that began in poverty and ended in pain on a cross. His race was a race that led him around a track of hatred and bitterness and opposition and people trying to kill him but he finished his race. Why did he finish his race? For the joy set before him. Let his race, number one, be a perfect example. He set a perfect example of how a race should be run because Jesus, number two, never lost sight of his goal. Remember this, when you feel like quitting, Just look to Jesus and consider the race he ran for you and for me. So consider his race and then consider his why. His why was for the joy set before him. Number one, was there joy in going to a cross? No. Was there joy in dying like a criminal? No. Being rejected by people you love? No. The joy was in what would happen when he finished his race. That joy is you. You are the reason Jesus kept running. You are the reason that Jesus didn't give up. You are the reason that Jesus didn't say, you know what, forget this. I don't have to do this. I'm going back to heaven. You are the reason that when he was in the garden of Gethsemane and he said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. And then he saw Ken and said, oh no, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And then he saw Oscar say, oh, wait a minute, not my will, but your will be done because there's a joy that is before me and that joy is gonna help me to endure this pain. That joy is going to help me to continue to go, to run when I want to quit, when I want to give up. That joy is what keeps me running. You were the reason that Jesus got on that cross. You were the reason that he took those lashes on his back. You were the reason. And what did he say when he got up on the cross? He said, it is finished. My race is done. Consider his reward. He sat down with his father in his throne. Number two, Jesus knew where he was headed. He had a perspective that made it a little easier to run the race. Remember this, 
When you're able to keep your eyes on Jesus and keep a heavenly vision or perspective, it makes the race more bearable. You may be struggling, and as the worship team comes up, or Chris comes up, you may be tempted to quit. Let me encourage you. Put your eyes back on Jesus. Because nine times out of 10, the reason that you're gonna quit is because you're looking at somebody else. You're worried about what other people are thinking. You're worried about what other people are gonna say. But if you get beyond that, and you put your focus back on Jesus. You're worried about the mistakes that you made. How can he love me? I made a mistake. I told him I wasn't gonna do this again and then I did it again. Put your eyes back on Jesus. Put your eyes back on Jesus. Because as he ran his race thousands of years ago, he saw you. He saw you, Adria. He saw you, Nick. And that's the reason why he kept running. Think about his reason. Think about his why. And then think about his reward. It's the same reward that Jesus received. It's the same reward that's waiting for you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.